Hello and welcome to the Modus Operandi podcast recorded on the 17th of February. Um, We're at 215 episodes right now, which considering how long this has been on is is uh it's actually kind of impressive i i only know of uh a decade of podcasting a decade uh that is over of course, a decade of podcasting that is of course my uh co-host uh, dr david overby uh coming from a, the a snowing western area western from me um he's not really in the west he's really the winter is, wonderland of it's, West Kentucky. I, I took a walk a couple of days ago, and it felt like uh, being in the higher elevations out in Colorado, where just the sky is white, the snow is just super thick and falling consistently. And we Monday we had some really strong gusts where the snow was coming pretty much horizontal. Yeah, it was ugly on Monday, but um, it wasn't anything like the blizzard. That I experienced with my late Von Goodness kitties in Colorado in October of 2006. And that's how hardcore that snow was. Because the snow on Monday for this part of the world was the most intense snow that I've ever seen. But why don't we just skip ahead and talk about Texas since weather, for in my mind anyway, takes me directly to the great independent state where there's no federal anything in, in Texas. Oh, it's all deregulated. Everything's deregulated. Another great example of why it's always good to, to deregulate things. And here's my thing on this. is Always privatize Regardless your of where you would stand on size of government, the presence and influence of federal government, and so forth. When it comes to something as basic as heat and light, wouldn't you just want to make sure that there was always a backup plan and then another backup plan and another backup plan? In other words, that it was going to be set up so that no matter what, this... Would not happen. Oh, dude. And that's what's wrong with it's, the current system. It, it, it isn't it's, that it's you should regulate cur- it or deregulate it. It's that your focus isn't on making sure that people always have heat and light. Well, see, I, that's, that is true of places that do not have a public utility for an electric company. Because where there's a public utility doing it, which is more northeasterly... Um, they don't have these problems because they invest money. They spend money on stuff like winterizing, which is optional in Texas, um, which is the reason they don't have any power right now, despite and what that's Fox News is telling And they won't listen to climate change. Well, they, that, of course, I, uh, somebody said, well, you know, you, you can't question that climate change is happening now. And I said, I, do you know how many Texans there are who in the last couple of three days have said, oh, so much for global warming. 
Uh, well, sure. I mean, they're going to blame all of this on the Green New Deal. They're going to say that's that... That's what's fucking big... so good, because that's not even a thing. It's an idea that has not been passed into law. It hasn't been voted on. Like that matters. Like that matters. Oh, oh, that's... Well, you know, I'm, they're blaming windmills, which is really funny, because windmills are running at over 100% capacity and have been through this entire time, despite the fact they weren't properly winterized, and a lot of them did freeze up. Um, you know, wind farms work just fine in the fucking North Sea. You know, the only reason they're not working properly in Texas is because Texas is everything about their energy system in that state is meant to maximize profits. And and they've got this. You, you, you remember Enron, of course. Um, right. Oh, yeah. That's a good. Th- this is an extension. Out of Houston, right. It's an extension of Enron, and it was the same fucked up system that Enron was playing. And it's the reason that they don't winterize. They haven't. They ha- they don't have excess capacity. So the the way Dallas is built or Texas is built, they're built to handle about a thirty degree swing in the weather. Because that's, you know, the hottest in the summertime when everybody cranks all of their ACs on. That's usually about a 30 degree difference between the outside temperature and the inside temperature. Well, right now there's a 70 degree difference and they just, they can't do it. They don't have enough capacity. Also, um, the nuclear power plants were not prepared for this because they don't have to because they're not regulated by the federal government. So they weren't prepared for this. So their water that they would use to cool their reactors, uh, the flow of that froze, and they had to shut the nukes down. The natural gas plants, of course, weren't getting enough gas because everybody in the state had turned their furnaces on in their house. You know, so the le- the pressure level of of the gas feed for the entire state just fell through the floor. Um, but these fucking like Abbott and and uh, uh, Ted Cruz and and Perry are going. Oh, it's because we went green. We've got all this green energy, and it's just like no, the green energy is actually kind of working. It's 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 the fossil fuels that you've deregulated to the point where they don't have any regulation. Uh, so I, I just I, this is inevitable. It's been true at, at uh, every. Think of Atlanta's water system. Um, that was a system that was privatized to make a little money. Then that made a big profit for some middlemen people. You know, the people that did the billing and the um, and, and the other stuff. And meanwhile, they neglected and neglected and neglected and neglected to the point where the system just started failing. And it reached the, they finally, you know, rebought it. The city did and, and have gone about, you know, using tax levies to, to repair it. Um, but people were paying an outrageous amount of money for their water. And then the water system failed because that money was going into people's pockets. Yep. You know, profit is for profit is, uh, I mean, what is for, for profit? The only thing is, you know, selling luxury goods. You know, um, um, really nice clothing, or you know, custom shoes, or or you know, uh, musical Sports instruments, apparel, shit like that. Designer you know, jeans. But you know, something as basic as utilities. Basic sh- and vital. I think those it, are the two main be, things. It, that should be a government-run 
program. I mean, there's right, and it's the way that that Americans make it sound like these basic things are luxuries. Like you want to steal from everyone so you can have heat, so you don't freeze to death. Yeah, like that that makes you some sort of gluttonous pig, right? Like it, it's it's no, I want to go, I want to be like Goldfinger and rob Fort Knox. I don't want to freeze to death. I don't want to starve to death. So I want to steal from everyone. Because I'm a closet uh, communist. And that's why I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. And thank God we have uh, Anderson Cooper to compare him to Fidel Castro. And so we can have uh, Joe do-nothing Biden as, as president. Which, look, if Donald Trump were president, I think one thing we'd be saying about Texas is, okay, how long are we all just going to sit here and watch everybody in Texas freeze to death and make fun of them for being stupid? Why don't we go in and help them? Well, I mean, is that happening? He, uh, oh, yeah. Probably because Texas oh, won't allow it. No, like, no, no. But, um, uh, Abbott asked for um, emergency declaration and for aid um, day before yesterday. And... Biden, so now the federal government's dig, a good dig this, thing. Dig this. Biden, I know exactly. Biden approved it within an hour. Well, now you, good you, for now him. You, you think about this. Do the comparison just between the, the, the previous occupant and this one. When he was asked for help, Trump, the, he whose name will not be spoken, when he was asked for the former, when he was asked for uh, for help from a, a, a blue state, oh California, um, he f- f- delayed and bitched and whined and said they're not really nice to me, they don't like me out there, and didn't give them the aid for for uh, like a couple of days uh, during the wildfires. And and here Texas, which voted soundly red, um, and not even a mention of it, none. It's just there's an emergency. We're taking care of it. It's really refreshing. Really, really Wouldn't it have been funny if Biden had said, no, the the snowstorm isn't real or it's just (laughs) going to go away? Yeah. He could have done that. Yeah. He could have just said, no, it'll go away. It's not real. I don't believe it. It's not happening. But it's just, he, what, it's just what people in Texas are saying that it's cold. Uh, or it's just those, uh, what do you call them, the meteoroids? Meteor what? Meteorologist. It's what the meteorologists are saying. But anyway, they, what do they know? I don't think they know what they're talking about. It's not happening. It, it, uh, the thing that would work the best, though, would be for Biden to say that while also simultaneously signing the declaration of emergency and, and to free up money for him and everything. But to just say it, just to point it out. You know, just to... Oh, you've treated me very badly in your state. I mean, it's fucking Ted Cruz. You know, I mean, uh, and Gomert, and uh, I mean, the, all almost all of the Congress people from uh, Texas are just really awful people. Um, you know, I was having this uh, interesting idea that a big part of the problem in our country is the way that we capitulate to this right wing extremism, and and that was encouraged by. Obama, who was always insisting that all of us share the same goals with regard to the country. Yeah. And I believe Obama would say something like, um, we all share the same goals, we just don't always agree on how to get there. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that uh, you have to, you have the same goals, and it's also true that there's only 
one way to do things in order to achieve the goal. Like there's only one way to uh, run a utility system so that people have power, which they need all the time. And they that would be true no matter what point in civilization you were talking about. Um, that, and you have to, there's only one way to deal with a pandemic, right? You can't, there's not, should you wear a mask or not? Or should we have vaccinations or not? Should we stop infections or not? Um, and, and so forth. And there's, a, you know, there's only one way to run an education system and to do it like the best way. And that's called following best practices. When it comes to uh, people having differences of, of how to do things and what the goal is, that doesn't apply to our collective existence. It applies to everyone's own individual life and individual choices. And that's where conservatives are always against that kind of individual choice or difference. In other words, when it comes to national policy, we're always supposed to embrace difference. Well, there's a pandemic, so I think we should listen to the scientists and the epidemiologists and and stop the virus. But, well, that's your opinion. I look at it differently, and so I have to have a voice in this too, right? We've always got to compromise. All those people that um, that ransacked the Capitol are always half right about everything, right? So it's never about following best practices. It's always you have to go with the lowest common denominator it's, it's, and embrace all this difference. It's economic anxiety. But when it anxiety. comes to individual life, by God, there's you know everybody has to live exactly the same way, and it's of course it's the way the conservative says you have to live. So. Um, I do think it's true that when it comes to difference of opinion and, and goals that in a free society that is applied on the individual level, but collectively it's always about doing the best thing. Like the way Texas does things is wrong. <laughs> it isn't the way they do it. It's wrong. And the interesting thing uh, empirically about this winter storm is it didn't just hit Texas. Right, it hit much of the country. It hit Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, uh, and Kentucky. Right, but there's only one place <laughs> where everybody lost power. Millions have lost power, and they and they can't get it back on. Right, so it's a giveaway. It's just plain as day that it's that what Texas is doing is wrong. And of course, Kentucky and Tennessee are both wonderful examples of of you know the TVA. Uh, you know this 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 giant government program that is that is completely localized and regionalized and they just do the stuff you know during that giant ice storm uh when, when, when was that one that took 2009 out the, yeah the um you know that was just there was no way to plan for that uh, you know they they couldn't overbuild their towers their transmission towers to the specs of that kind of ice because it there was no way to expect that to happen however in texas but but i mean they otherwise the system was built out really well and in considering how long i mean it was 14 days or whatever but it's still the it was a massive undertaking and it was done because it was a government program and they they you know were were pulling in immediately pulling in extra capacity from around and 
um, and you know trucks to fix stuff and and everything else. But you know the, building those towers was really difficult. That's not what happened in Texas. Texas they just got a bad winter storm. Um, admittedly, probably the worst one in recorded history. But they got the same storm that these other places got, and yeah. these other places and, didn't lose and, their power. And the power. thing is, is that that they should have, they should be planning for multiple days of below freezing temperature. That should just be a part of it, because that happens. I mean, it happens along the Gulf South, you know, and it definitely happens up further towards Arkansas on a regular basis. So they should be ready for that for that to happen, but they're not because it's not profitable. The place where all of well, I mean, it's profitable, but but it's not profitable at the levels demanded by stockholders, and so they they run everything as close to the edge as they can, just have enough for what is regularly the peak power demand. Keep that bottom lip just yep. above water. Just, just enough. Yeah, you do, no, not even bottom lip. Just the, you know, the the right underneath your nose isn't submerged. Um, oh, I forgot about the nose. Yeah, yeah, and and then they turn sideways and use their ear to breathe. Um, I, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, it is, it is a, a glaring example of why the capitalist. Everything's got to make money. System is just utterly opposed to humanity. It's a failure. Yeah, I mean this pandemic has proven it, and now we have this whole thing with uh, what's happened in Texas. And then you can look at the vaccines, and you could compare the United States to Israel. What's Israel have that America doesn't? It's got a national health care system. Everyone's got a national health care card. It's relatively easy to do something that's already extraordinarily difficult, which is to organize and coordinate everybody's health care in the entire country. Well, they've but also got... it's such a difficult task, if you have an organization that that's what it does, period, and it can just focus on doing that, you can do the job. Well, you, the another thing that Israel has that we don't have is almost half again of our GDP being... Uh, 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 what's the word of uh, subsidized by a foreign government? That would be what we are doing with the state of Israel because we give them a, a huge chunk of their GDP is from aid from us. So, so they can fight Palestine. They've got lots of money laying around. But, and I, you know, I, uh, we're, we're. Whereas we could be using that money, like if we just yeah. thought of Israel or if we just thought of. America is Israel. We could be using that money for ourselves. Yeah, we could. We could have the infrastructure in the United States was given a D minus by the uh, I can't remember some group of engineers, uh, very large, prestigious organization. They were just like you're just one step above failing. The entire infrastructure, roads, water, electricity. Um, what else is part of infrastructure? Um, uh, tunnels, uh, bridges, um, waterways, uh, dams. I I mean, just all the big infrastructure stuff. Um, Internet. It's just, it's embarrassing that, that, you know, my my folks can barely get DSL out there. It's like being on dial-up. 
you know, the internet does not work with slow transmission speeds. It just doesn't. And a huge chunk of the American public has no access whatsoever to even vaguely high-speed internet. Uh, it's just, yeah, there's something, there's something really kind of fucked up about this, our, our fascination with profit. America is, wait, what's it called? Um, America is East Proctor out of American Werewolf in London. Oh, good pull. You remember his name? What, what's that again? You remembered the name? Of the place. Yeah. yeah East, East Proctor. Proctor? Yeah. Because yeah. the doctor, there's, there's Nurse Price, right? And then the doctor who's overseeing, the guy's name is David, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to actually go to this place to in, in, investigate. And um, so I just remember he, he goes to East Proctor. And you remember what the uh, the local guy tells him outside the pub, don't you? I, I don't remember what... There's something wrong with this place. <laughs> it's true of America. We need to take a break. Uh, we'll be right. right back. Welcome back to the Modus Operandi Podcast. This is the Modus Operandi Podcast, episode number 215, with your co-host, Alan Miller, and Dr. David Overby. Today is, what, the 17th of February, 2021? Indeed, indeed it is. What do you make of uh, these numbers that make it uh, appear as though maybe the pandemic is finally slowing down. The other way to look at it is its numbers are going down from an incredibly high point and there uh, may be another surge. I, the way that I, um, sorry, I'm making a bunch of noise over here. <clears throat> um, I'm going to open this up here. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I actually it makes me pretty hopeful uh, because it it apparently the um, the combination of 
the vaccination rate, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, and maybe just sort of a little bit of an attitude change. Because um, I've been I've been noticing people are um, the best that they've been at masking up and stuff in like in stores. Because I, I mean I'm the one that goes shopping, so I I go to the store. Um, of course, now wearing double mask. Now that they've started recommending that, and um, there's there's usually like uh, teenagers that have their nose and uncovered, or they. They pull their fucking mask down to look at their phone. Uh, though older people do that too. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can you see better with your mask down? Um, you can breathe out your. You can breathe through your ears, yeah. and you can see through your nose. It's just, um, I. But uh, um, it's much better than it's than it has been. So I don't know. Maybe enough people are, are starting to get a feeling that that, or enough people have had someone die near them that they're actually taking it a little bit serious now. Uh, but we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see what comes of it. I I, I am really hoping that the uh, vaccinations will rapidly cause a, just a, a steep fall off in the hospitalizations and deaths and that by the time it gets to me you know the the medical system will be unburdened and you know if if you know i i i'm going to do everything i can to prevent it from getting me but i mean i've hear stories over and over again of people that have done everything safely and properly and then you know uh, somebody delivers a bag of groceries to them and they they pick it up and and uh, aren't thinking and you touch their face or something and then they've they've washed their hands and they can't even think back to what happened but then it turns out that grocery guy had covid so then they're contacted and then they get sick so they know they're pretty sure that's the point of contact but they think they've done everything right, and you try and you try and you try. But this is a this is a yeah this is bad shit. Um, my favorite thing is that most epidemiologists are saying, yeah, it's going to happen again. It'll probably be another one another one of these, or it'll be a flu. Uh, it's going to happen again, like tomorrow or. No, but it inevitably and and not very far in the future because you know we we've destroyed wild habitat. We've taken over most of the world's surface to make our food. Um and as a result of that, we are up again we you know all of these creatures that we would not have readily come into contact with are now right next to us like bats. Everything is too interconnected. No, there's too many fucking people. That's I mean that's it. Period. There's too many fucking people. We 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 were pushing it with two billion people. I mean we were already causing the 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 um, uh, the climate to change. I mean that that was at that point at two billion people we had already industrialized and we're pumping CO two into the atmosphere and much worse than we you know by the time we were at five billion people in the world. Um, but because there were so many of us, we we're still pumping out even more CO2 gas. But isn't and it now possible? we're at 7 billion fucking people and we're not, the population isn't going 
to go down. We're just going to eat the world. And there's nothing we can do about it. Life's going to suck. We just hope that we can get some little bits of normalcy in between the next now and the next pandemic. The the next, what, 10 years, as you say? I don't know. It could be year after next. You know, but, I mean, don't you think that if people had um, grown up learning something about agriculture and they understood uh, conservation or they at least were willing no, to... No, there's too many people. It doesn't matter. It There's nothing we can do to stop people from starving to death and from the climate collapsing because there's too many fucking people. There's no way you can educate six billion people that can't read. You know, you just can't. And, you know, the majority of the... of the There are... Yeah, but the idea, though, is... Just let me jump in for a second. The idea is if you could actually get the, the few people who are educated to be the ones that influenced and controlled things like we if we got rid of fossil fuels and if you quit over developing wanting to no, for example like need, in Ellicott you, City Maryland where you they would, have this terrible you would flooding. need a successful pandemic that kills off about half of humanity that's the in only other words, way the vaccine's a bad thing um yeah except for I'm me, except for me personally but for right. the for 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 humanity for the for the future of humanity for the world no it's it's bad and we actually needed a much more lethal uh, virus that would that would rapidly kill you know like the the quote unquote spanish flu the the uh, 2018 uh 2017 um swine flu that mm-hmm. uh killed 50 million people well you know 50 million people then would be uh, 150 200 million now we need something worse than that how many people worldwide have have died of covid you know i don't know the answer to that i was i was wondering that earlier and and for a while i was paying attention to those numbers but for the last few months it's just been the national numbers we're very close to half a million yeah we'll get there in in a probably about six weeks i would say um it's the the slowing death rate will might hold that off but i kind of doubt it There'll, there'll be more people that die than died in the Civil War by the time this is over. And that's that's horrendous. And that's also... Worst the, of everything, but still still not enough. All these people dying, but still not enough. So there's still too many people. Climate change can't be stopped. Yeah. I mean, I just think that the whole point of having institutions and leadership is that if you could get the leadership to follow best practices rather than just to play this Obamacon con game where but these people have their side and these people have their side and these people want this and those people want that all along that the whole point is just to make sure everything stays the way that it is and that the corporate overlords get their way which is of course it's driven by profit but the ultimate mission of it i just think is to domineer the rest of the human population the and, uh, the so only if you the could only rein way, those people in and 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 just shut them down defy them and you could get best practices instituted and you could just get people to be mindful if the institutions were run this way then you wouldn't have to I see your point about the educating all the people I, I'm not saying for sure this would work but if the society changed and everything was green energy everything was public transportation people walked everywhere. 
they didn't have it shoved in their face that they had to just consume constantly all the time and be totally insecure about everything, that could make a difference for the better. It would if most of the world were like average Americans. But we are a tiny fraction of the world and the the you know people at the living on the verge of poverty here are in better shape than the average citizen in the rest of the world pretty much so getting, there's just nothing getting, we can do for getting these people. people to stop fucking or not not stop fucking to stop making babies is impossible when you've got Oh, most of the world's population uh, believing that God wants them to have lots of babies. Well, that, that's the institutions, though. I mean, that's the, yeah, the church. And, and, and how this... are you going to get rid of something that's been a part of of humankind for as far as we know back in history? There's always been this irrational religious force that is ruling the way that lives are. How are you going to replace, you know, Islam? How are you going to replace Catholicism? How are you going to replace uh, a Protestantism, uh, Buddhism? All of them tell you to make babies. All of them. None of them tell you only make one for every two of you so that we can get the population down. Um, communist China? I mean, that's pretty much it. Don't you think the Chinese... Uh Regardless of what else you would say about them, they they might be the wisest people, the wisest humans. It's you know, yes, and they uh, were talking. They they had the one child thing. I remember when I was growing up, and the whole idea was, well, they have so many people. And oh, that started that in the sixties. Yeah, that they vision were, and that that pe- forward pe- people were star- starving. See, that's the problem that you've got is that, <clears throat> and they en- deal with it. They en- don't just enough of the of the world is not starving yet. And by the time they are starving, it'll be way too late. I was just going to say it'll be too late. And that's the whole point of dealing with these problems before they get to be so bad that it's well, too late. Well, you know, the, the way the way I look at it is even though I'm you know so nihilistic about all this is that um by doing the things that it takes that that would fix the world if it wasn't just doomed. Um, we'll just make life generally better for what we've got left. You know, cleaner air, cleaner water, um, not having garbage everywhere, um, l- you know, less strip mining. F- but in uh, some few, ways, that's fewer always oil been wells. The, the goal, the, the practical goal of humanity, right? I mean, we ultimately don't know the end point, end game. We've had a book of Revelation since the beginning of christian civilization right the sense that it's all gonna we're doing everything wrong no matter what and the day's gonna come when see the clock just went off as soon as i said book of revelations like it's all going wrong (laughs) and no matter what we do we've got a the day is coming when the we will all have to answer and all of that crap and um so what you're trying to do in the meantime is just let's uh you know make it uh, enjoyable uh, while we're here the best that we can one way to do that for certain is just through corrective action and to bring it back to Texas for a second I'll bet you anything 
uh, Texas won't change a thing. They'll just go on and on about how this there was nothing we could have done, no way to foresee this. We have the best system. This is this will never happen again. It was a freak accident. But the climate science people have been saying that the signature of climate change are these freakish weather events. And we've had so many of them. I mean, the wildfires, the floods, um, and uh, the fact that the last, what, six years have been the hottest years ever on record. I mean, you just wonder what would have to happen. Do you know in the 60s, like the decade that we were born, there were more uh, record lows that decade than record highs. And you go 50 years later, and the record lows are way down, and the record highs are way up. And the one that gets me more than anything is it being over 100 degrees in Siberia in September. Oh, for several days in a row. get you to think, hmm. For several several days in a row. Yeah. I, I mean, I just... And they had, like, a long period where it was over 90... Oh, and of course, that of course is going to add methane to the atmosphere, which causes uh, is much worse uh, greenhouse gas than CO two. And we're just so fucked. We are so fucked. There, the the way I look at it, uh, from what I've read, and I don't, I th- I think that un- unfortunately or fortunately, uh, scientists are are sort of uh, perpetually optimistic. Um, but I, I, I never hear anyone admit that we've actually gone past the tipping point where there is no way for us to pull back, even though, I mean, I can stuff that I read 15 years ago about, you know, how, how it wobbles and it's only gotten worse. You know, none of the numbers have gotten better and the models show worse and worse outcomes as a result of what we're seeing. And it's just like I don't. I just don't think that we can recover. I don't think it's ever going to be. I mean, when we were kids, you know, back, you know, when we were preteens, um, that was warmer than normal weather. If you went back 150 years to back right before industrialization, before we started really burning that coal, um. And from what geological history tells us, we should be entering a mini ice age right now because of, um, uh, I want to say it's, there's a cloud of dust that we're moving through that reduces sunshine a certain yeah, amount. Yeah, it has something to do with uh, distance from the sun or the angle of the sunlight yeah those I think, factors but yeah, I, I there, uh, there's I, I'm pretty sure we're moving through a, a, a cloud of, of of stuff and there there are in the arms of the galaxy there are these bands of we're on the dark side of the galaxy oh you got to remember we're, that we're, man. we're past the dark side can you I'll, remember that one dark side of the galaxy instead of dark side of the moon um that might be the place that I live that should be the uh tight the episode title for this podcast i i it's been a long time since look I here's it. something i've been thinking about I, it's a it's a new kind of problem for humanity it gets back to the overpopulation thing so you're a human being and so you're wired you think survive 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 and yet 
paradox, and this is where the human being always needs wisdom, and I think that's something that separates humans from animals, because animals are just so instinctive and intuitive, like, and humans don't have that, they have this, you know, range of ways of looking at things, but your survival, you keep propagating the species, and then you learn how to use uh, tools and technology to fortify yourself on the planet and to convert these raw materials into energy so you can keep living. And then that's exactly what becomes the things that threatens your existence. There's too many of you and you're using too much energy. You're consuming too much. And so this entire human evolution that had a framework for this is the problem, this is the goal, is now you've got to reverse that. And that's the thing that is so difficult about it. It's frustrating because some people would say, I'm not necessarily advocating this, but they would say that the population is always a zero-sum game because you have more people, then that's you know more resources. That's more capacity for people to be doing the things that you need them to do so that humans can survive. The problem, though, as you pointed out, and the uh, of have babies and that being connected to religion is to get rid of that. And so if you had an infusion of wisdom worldwide, uh, it's at least possible uh, that that could help. But I really more agree with your other point that we can't think of it in those terms. And instead, we should just be trying to say, having lived through this uh, pandemic, still living through it, is why don't we, for crying out loud, try to make our lives just more enjoyable and and less uh, arduous for the time that we have here? Yeah, quieter, less stinky. Um, you know, who knows? We might get cooler nights and stuff. It, it just, it's... Uh... But also just more leisure time and just less belligerence and less adversarial dynamics you know our, our our robot overlords who will be taking over pretty soon once we introduce them to take care of us um once they take over i'm sure they'll keep us from breeding one way or the other uh we probably need to take a break uh to but before to we do restart. that i know how that's going to happen they're going to the these these robots and then the, the the sex bots that will come out oh yeah of course as a as a subgroup of the robots they will be just so good looking that will start just going to them, and then to you won't, and they won't be able to reproduce. Um, you've you've kind of got a little bit of a Blade Runner there uh, on your theory. <laughs> but then there's a very twisted version to this, where uh, because everything is ultimately interconnected, eventually the sex bots will kind of be like V'ger in Star Trek: The Motion Picture from 1979. They'll build a consciousness. And they'll start having, they'll start actually reproducing. They'll be humanoids, like hybrid human sex bot. <laughs> um, well, when you start talking about things like that, it's definitely time to uh, take a break. We'll be right back here on the Modus Operandi podcast.
Hello and welcome back to the Modus Operandi podcast. I'm still Alan Miller, and that's still Dr. David Overby over there. Uh, uh, hi, y'all. So we're going to talk about the impeachment uh, for a minute and then uh, get out of here. This will be a, a, a shortish one for us. and eh, Not really, for just one segment short. Wasn't uh, the second impeachment just a complete waste of time? I don't know. I the the one of the theories I see, and I kind of of uh, think that that's um, maybe a little bit of what they were trying to do is that by by all of this being read into the congressional record, um, which makes they're it building a case fact, yeah, that they are building a case for the uh, um, for hopefully. Uh, uh, Oh God damn it. Criminal prosecution. Mer- Mer- Merrick Garland to come after them. I, there was a, I, I saw. I think it was on Twitter. I saw a clip of Merrick Garland speaking at a place, and he was just he was literally bumping his fist on the lectern as he uh, said um, that it was uh, that the law applies to everyone equally and if it doesn't then that is that there is no justice and that it the the powerful and the rich are just as culpable as the poorest amongst us so that which might explain why the gop is uh um how shall we say uh not letting him get through um because they're terrified so Garland hasn't been confirmed. Nope, nope. They've been delaying it, and uh, uh, can't remember if it's it's not Holly. Um, oh, who the fuck is it? It's is it Blunt? Uh, one one of the one of the senators is holding it up right now uh, because of the fucking filibuster. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean that thing is. Um, I mean, in the abstract, you can debate the the filibuster, but I think it's got to go because it's just been so abused. I mean, nothing was ever intended to be used so that it would shut down the government, yeah, just and, make it impossible for anything to get done. Yeah, and the, I, I can completely understand if they were to rewrite the rules where it was actual, where you actually had to stand up there and talk, and when you couldn't talk anymore, the vote would happen. You know, the Mr. Smith goes to Washington version of, of, of reality. But what it is now, it's just like, I object. And it's like, well, fuck, now we can't do anything. And it's just, it's idiotic. But. Well, I think, um, I, I definitely think that uh, that Trump incited the, the riot. He incited insurrection. He certainly, it was completely obvious, didn't show any behaviors that indicated that he was against it. And that's the problem, is that your president should always be behaving in such a way that you never have any doubt that he wouldn't want there to be an insurrection against his own government or her own government. Just like you wouldn't want a pre- you would have always expect a president to behave so that the the nation is going to be protected. I mean that should never be 
for a second in doubt, like you're you're not sure about. Yeah, it. that's so the whole point of the oath of that office. That should happen. But in the meantime, all I'm saying is this: I do think that the Democrats should be careful about, and and also their affiliated media like MSNBC, they should be careful about over emphasizing and discussing what they're doing legally and logistically and and not make it appear as though they've forgotten about meeting the needs of the people. So you can go ahead and do your official work and build your case and get all of your ducks in a row, T's dotted and I's crossed, and I did that on purpose, right? Uh, but then you, sh- you really need to be, in terms of your governance, is be helping the people. And if they can deliver results for the people in the long term, that's the best thing that the Democrats can do to keep right-wing extremists out of the government. I agree. Uh, just... I'll, uh... I think that really, because uh, I know that they do personality tests and shit like that, that a propensity for uh, white nationalism should definitely be part of sort of the just basic screening of, I don't know, like military and police. Uh, but anyway, back to the to the Im- impeachment. Um, what do you think of uh, McConnell's uh uh, clo- did you did you watch it? We watched all of it. Um, I, I didn't 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 watch all of it, uh, but I, I kept a close track of it. I think McConnell is horrible. I think he's every bit as bad as as Trump. I just think he's just disgusting and miserable, and he's a disgrace to Kentucky. He's a disgrace to the country. The uh, uh, well, did you did you hear his speech at the end of it? He basically was like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, but well, it's just, I didn't vote to impeach because it came, you know, the impeachment's after he's gone, and it can't. The only punishment available to us, which is fucking wrong, the only punishment available to us is to is to uh, uh, remove him from office. Oh, so I couldn't do it. But he's guilty. He's guilty. Good, he's guilty. He's so guilty. He did it. He was there. He's calling on him. He lied to them. And of course now. Um, uh, Trump is starting to get back into the media and showing up on Fox and and whatnot, and uh, um, he's just just Mitch McConnell is a, is a disaster. He's a you know he's a, a wannabe. He's a gone. There's a, it's he is just such a simple simple little man. So easy to predict and see and what he's going to do. He's just he's going to be. Doesn't just, see? I, I like here's here's of, here's of, the um, reason. Here's the reason I say going back to our previous episode a uh, 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 bit was that uh, we're doomed is because pretty much humanity is going to be people that think Donald Trump is okay. That there's going to be about a third of them, and as long as you've got a third of humanity that are just fucking cunts we're doomed because that's enough to breed us into oblivion uh but i so uh man i'm i am super no, I can, nihilistic I, I'm right now actually for once be uh uh take the slightly more optimistic side on that i think uh it would 
we would actually be in pretty good shape if we could get the percentage of cunts down to a third. Uh, the problem <laughs> right now is uh, it's got to, it's pushing eighty percent in the United States. I mean, again, the pa- the pandemic um, proves this. I mean, this the worst response in the world. And I know there are other countries. You can check me on this, but other con- there are some other countries, a few that have a higher per capita uh, in terms of, of deaths. But in those places, which are in Europe, like Spain, for example. It was uh, all the deaths were heavily concentrated toward the beginning of the pandemic, but only in America did it just get worse and worse and worse and worse. That only in the last really two weeks, the month of February, could you begin to say that there's been enough consecutive days of low numbers, or at least not mind-bogglingly high numbers um, that you could begin to say maybe it's getting under control. Am I correct on that? In terms of America's uh, response? and Kind of. The, um, pretty... Our response was, was atrocious, and that, that's 100% Trump. And, and that, unfortunately, there's... I, I'm going to say it's around uh, 16% of, of Americans are the kind of hardcore super Trump followers, the ones that will, you know, the, the ones that stormed the Capitol, you know, or wish they had been there to storm the Capitol, um, that those folks are largely um, responsible for what's gone wrong here. Um, that and a lot of just people are just fucking lazy. Um, um, a lot of people do, you know, there's one of the things that we don't educate kids on in this country is that um, it's, it's just science, just how it works is that you keep changing what is known as you learn new things. It's not learn it. That's the end, which is what is true for most Americans, and it's a failure of our system. We and I, I'll, I'll right, but just let me jump in for a second and point out what you said. I mean, at first you said sixteen percent, then at the end you said most Americans, and I think the problem is most Americans. I go back to no, true. I mean, without most Americans, you wouldn't have the sixteen percent. The beginning of um, the Iraq War, Bush approval rating is in the mid-70s. That's the number, that's the percentage of Americans who are right-wing extremists. Now, here's the thing. Of that group, it is a minority that appear and behave the way that the rioters did at the Capitol. But I would say that's probably more about 25% of America, not just 16%. It's easily... One out of four Americans is just hardcore belligerent. I mean, straight up. Whatever term you want to use, um, whatever you want label you want to attach to them, I mean, they're kind of just mean, scary people. At least a quarter of them. But then All right, the so other three quarters let's put the percentage of the right-wing between extremists 16 and 25. 
are the people who sympathize with right-wing extremism. They don't see anything abnormal or disturbing or frightening about it. They go along with it. And I just, again, that, that time period between 9-11... Wait, wait, what, what percentage are you saying for this? Of, uh, I'm saying that, that three-quarters of America are right-wing extremists. Wait, 50% of Americans were against us going into Iraq. That was a 50-50 split at the time. Well, then how do you explain the that the Bush approval rating was 72% in it's, 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 2003? It's because of the, the there is a wartime bump at all times. It's like, oh, well, we're, we're there, so... And that that's the, the big problem is that people are okay, like so, they're right, they're opposed to the war. Fair 50, enough. Fifty percent of Americans split the are. Well, l- 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 listen to me. The fifty percent of Americans are opposed to us going into it. Once we're in it, seventy percent are like, "Well, I guess we got to win now." Instead of you know that that twenty uh, percent that switches sides, continuing to say, "No, no, 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 no. This is a bad idea." bring our kids home, don't do this, stop doing it. They just are like, oh, well, we're doing it now. And then it's like, okay, go America. That's what happened there. Um, I, I think that it's, it's, there's admittedly a large chunk of Americans that are stupid. I mean, there's just no way to, to get around that. You're right. But look, we could split the difference and say, so it's, you're saying 50% oppose the Iraq war. I'll give you the bit, I'll, not you personally, but that, that, I'll concede that point. 50%, I mean, my, my dad 72%, was, 72%, my dad so was difference? for sending troops into Afghanistan. Are either, are you, what's that again? My dad was, was for sending troops into Afghanistan. Uh, I, I mean, I, which I still just struggle with. I'm like, that was the dumbest move in history. We should have sent in um, uh, James Bond basically, to kill Osama bin Laden. And basically, the end of it. send in fucking cops. You know, send in people to, that are to to hunt the person down and take care of them. Send don't in Jack don't invade the fucking country. Oh, don't you for a second doubt that we don't have a whole bunch of Jack Reachers. I mean, this is a right. big big country, and people that are good at doing shit like that, they've got a location to go to get really good at it. And I'm sure that they've they've got they would they could assemble a group. I mean, it would be half of what your average, you know, assemble a group movie would be. Uh, but it would still be a formidable bunch of motherfuckers. And I guarantee you, they could have gone down there and surgically taken out uh, Osama bin Laden and a few of the other leaders and then left. Um, and, the you know, the Afghan government would have been up in arms and would have been a lot of shouting and yelling, but there wouldn't have been a fucking war. Um, and We wouldn't have turned into the Soviet Union of the 1980s. Yeah. Literally becoming a failed state. I mean, if you were just to put a montage of complete failed response to the pandemic, now you've got people freezing to death in Texas. By the way, do you happen to know the latest on this? I mean, is the power back on? No, it's not. There's a lot of people that are still. It's, this, it's three it, days in a row. It's roll. It's doing rolling. Yeah, and it's still really cold. And there's another. Well, the you are feeling the front edge of the storm. I think the thirds. The fourth storm, maybe that's that's there's passing no, over. There's there. one today, and then there'll be another one uh, through the night and into tomorrow morning. 
Yeah, so we're supposed to actually. I don't look out the window here. But if it's the same, about, it's the about same 400 weather system, that the weather's not going to warm up in Kentucky until Saturday. So say in Texas, it'll yeah, be a day earlier. Up. That's Friday. What's today? Wednesday. It's going to be another uh, day and a half. I mean, it's going to be another another thirty six hours that they're going to be freezing until. Friday comes around and it's gonna it'll get into the 40s in in Texas and I'm just assuming that uh, the weather there is gonna on the same track for us. Yeah, it's that's where the weather's flowing. It's it's that that the Arctic uh, air mass shifted all the way down to like northern Mexico. But here's where the complexity and the interconnectedness of everything comes into play, such as that when you have this melting ice. It changes the uh, delicate balance of fresh water and salt water in the oceans. And that has an effect on the tides of the oceans, the way the currents flow. And that affects the atmosphere, which affects the jet stream. And so what's happening is you're getting this very unusual southerly push of the jet stream of arctic air all the way down into, into texas and then a system from the gulf is then pushing that up into the uh southeast and then uh through the uh atlantic coast up into the northeast yeah, it's climate climate chaos the 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 various and sundry jet streams used to keep each other in place but because of the wildly varying, you know, these these super high temperatures at ocean surfaces, um, the fact that it's it's gotten super warm in the summertime at the North Pole for years now. I mean, there there, there hasn't been ice at the North Pole for fifteen years, um, and it, it's been there for th- the last ten thousand or or so. Um, that it's. The entire thing is broken down, so it just wobbles, you know. Instead of staying where it would have stayed, you know, the the various steady temperatures that the Earth created, you know, because it's wildly out of tilt, it's just like well, all, the forces that held that cold air up there at on on top of the world, uh, they just uh, well whatever, and it dumps down on top of us, you know. That's what's happening right a- now. It's the same thing with the pandemic in, in America. Just the, the stubborn obsession of ego and refusing to see the interconnectedness of all things. And that once you start to change one thing, it is affecting everything else. And that just sounds like weirdo, pie in the sky, lava lamp, uh, garbage that Americans don't want to hear it. I am me, and we're America, and we're great, and I'm going to take care of myself and pay the bills, and the world's problems uh, aren't mine. You know, I'll still have water even if there's, even if the well runs dry. <laughs> is is how is is how people uh, think, but the I think it's important to point out to people how something like extreme cold in a hot place like Texas. Can still be consistent with climate change 
and that you know raising the overall temperature of the planet by so much as a degree does really um, shake things up. It destabilizes the planet, and it starts with the melting of the ice. Mm-hmm. That that one degree of warming triggers the the melting of the ice, and everything goes from there. And then it also is perpetuating with the melting of the permafrost, like in Siberia. That's more gas in the atmosphere, but less ice also means less light reflected off the planet. And so, oh, and, um, and also trees and, and grasses and stuff are moving further and further north, which also adds dark color to the environment and causes it to retain more heat because of the plants that are growing up there. So it's like, you know, we're pl- we're trying to re- replenish the forests down here where it used to be. I mean, most of the United States was forest before the fucking Europeans came. And now a, a small fraction of it is forest. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know. It, it, it's all going to start just tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. It yeah. already is. I, I really think the pandemic was the 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 start of all of the sense of you know things going wrong and and falling apart from a scientific and enlightened perspective, not religious and and book of revelations. But one last uh, uh, point is, I I still think that Western Europe is a good example of how it is possible to secularize a society. I mean, you don't completely get rid of religion. But, um, I mean, the Dutch, for example, even going back to during the Spanish Inquisition, figured out that, you know, that's why it was a a haven, uh, Amsterdam was, for intellectuals and atheists. I mean, people who just weren't religious and being persecuted by the church, they could go there and um, get away from that um, horrible uh ignorance but um i i do i do think that it's it's possible in the way that i think in europe that they envisioned the energy crisis and they envisioned the uh damage to the environment that excessive use of fossil fuels was going to be when they had that great interconnected train system and then i think in china which does have this interconnected light rail system if i'm not mistaken that they build in like 10 years and they continue to innovate on it. And in America, we'll just never have any of those things. Which leads me to say that nothing good is ever going to happen again. Well, okay. Bye.